Today is June 3rd, Season 3, Episode 16. Decky Alarm Clock, Mr. Consistent, how are we? Ooh, good. Very, very consistent. Andy Timekeeper. How we doing? Wow, a couple of time-oriented nicknames just so happen to be that way. Yeah, because we're in the moment, dude, and this podcast, man, was this a freaking blast. Andrew and I and Sam took our talents to the state capitol, and we took over Karen Housley's office, and he turned her, you know, her workspace into a full-on podcast studio. Our dojo. Our dojo, absolutely. And I think we did a good job. I mean, feng shui was pretty on point. We t- we pretty much rem- um, rearranged her entire office. Yeah, and we and we put it back together for the record. We had a blueprint going. Yeah, absolutely. But you guys are going to absolutely love this podcast. This is honestly one of our first ever politicians on the podcast. And, really, I mean, to be honest, we didn't really talk a ton of politics. We just unpacked our story, did tip- the, the typical back pocket way, as we always do. Um, you guys will enjoy her story, man. She's got a crazy ride. She's one hell of a mom, politician, just gets stuff done, dude. It's exciting stuff. Thank you, Karin, so much for joining the Back Pocket. And marketing interns, take something away because she delivers the stuff that you may want to know. Enjoy. I'm just an ordinary average guy. My friends Welcome to the Back Pocket Podcast. How are you doing today? I am fine. This is fun. So are you uh, a little taken off that we turned your office into a podcast studio? Well, you're going to put all this furniture back to where it was, right? Uh, <laughs> we did. We drew up a quick map. When we were, it's all down on paper. Yeah. Picture frames, mugs. Oh, yeah, yes. mugs. You have I a think, lot of mugs. I know, I know. And you know, I was just looking at all the mugs. I should just bring those home because I haven't used those in all the time I've been here. So. Yeah, I put that cake up there. I don't know if you were planning on using that later today or not. Cake that up. apple cider that one. Cup, yeah, mm-hmm. throw yeah. that away too. That's probably like and that four light years wasn't old. plugged in. I don't know if you wanted it's to. It's all use just that for one. looks. Oh. It's all yeah. I just Martha Stewart up my office, and and it's all just for looks. Nothing works. Okay. And I don't drink out of the cups. And the apple cider thing was just for looks too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got this. You got a nice office though. Do you spend a lot of time here? Or are you more like on the move, kind of meetings and this and that all day? What's a typical um, politician life? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know much about politics to be honest. Okay, so here's a typical day. Um, so there's the Capitol building and we're on the floor, the, the Senate chamber, we're on the floor on Mondays and Thursdays at 11 o'clock. And that's when all the bills that we've passed through committee get to the Senate floor. Um, but when we're back here, which is probably right up to 10 to 11 and then usually 1130 for the rest of the day, my assistant out there has me scheduled for appointments every 15 minutes. So you meet a different group in here every 15 minutes. So it could be... Um, Somebody really trying to, uh, um, I'm trying to think some of the bills now that I, uh, uh, pushing for the unlicensing of hair and makeup artists or somebody wanting to have you uh, help their child with some disease or there are the anti-vaccination people or the pro-vaccination people or there's agriculture issues or education. There's always people in here wanting more funding for education. Um, And then there's... uh, Displaced Homemakers is another group that I just did. Actually, that just got into the jobs bill. So anyway, there every 15 minutes, there's a new group in here. So your mind is going all over the place. You're exhausted by the end of the day. Sometimes even, I haven't even told you this, Jake. Um, sometimes you, like your eyes just glass over, you know, and some people can 
talk and talk and talk and talk. And you're just like, what are you saying now? Um, <laughs> but because that part gets kind of long. Uh, but it's there's so many interesting things out in the world that you didn't know that you didn't know. Um, so when they come in here with these issues, it's it's fun to learn. You're always, always learning. Mm. But and then at night you're doing things in your district um, whether it's a chamber of commerce event or a ribbon cutting or meeting with county commissioners or city council meetings, you're always doing something in your district. And for those of them who don't know, what is your district again? Um, my district is Senate District 39, and it goes from St. Mary's Point, where I live, on the St. Croix River, the last exit before you get to Wisconsin, and goes all the way north along the St. Croix up through. Um, Lake St. Croix Beach, uh, Lakeland, uh, West Lakeland, Bayport, up to Stillwater, Lake Elmo, all the way up to Forest Lake, um, Scandia, Marina on St. Croix, Franconia. Okay. Wow. I know. It's, it's, it takes uh, an hour and 15 minutes to get from one end to the other. <laughs> but that's nothing compared to the rural guys that... You know, they're sometimes they're like four hours one end to the other. Sure, you're packed into a smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all represent eighty thousand people. Okay, eighty thousand voters. Yeah. Awesome. Well, these little mini fifteen minute sessions with each type of uh, person, whether it's education or agriculture, they're kind of like little mini podcasts. Well, where you get to sit and listen and learn about something. We spend an hour with our guests, and that's once a week. Uh, I can't imagine doing about 20 of them in 15 minutes. Oh, my goodness. Impact back to back to back. And then they pull you off the Senate floor, too. So when we go over to the Senate floor, and sometimes we're there like 10 hours, we're just sitting there, you'll get a note at your desk um, to have you come out and meet some of your constituents out there. So they're lobbying whatever their issue is. So you get pulled on and off the floor uh, quick because... That's who we represent, and that's who we're doing all this work for is for the people of our district. So you do want to hear what they're thinking mm-hmm. and what they need help with. So wherever you're at, you're, you're fair game to be pulled out of committee. So that's the other part that we do. Um, we have committees. I sit on the jobs committee um, and commerce committee, and the, um, I'm the chair of the family care and aging committee, vice chair of the commerce committee, and then the veterans committee, and then education committee. Um, and so you have your committee time slots, um, and that takes up a bulk of your day too. So sometimes you'll be sitting in your committee and you'll have a constituent needing to see you. So you'll get a text from your assistant to say, Hey, step outside. Somebody wants to see you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's busy during session, but there is a post session, um, which is any day now. We don't really know what day that's going to be. It was supposed to be Tuesday, but it's not yet. Who decides this stuff? Um, we it's always like the it's supposed to be the third Tuesday of May or something like that mm-hmm. that it ends and there's so many hours that you are required to do um, in your two year biennium um, so we're supposed to be adjourned by midnight on that Monday night um, but the last I don't know ever since I've been here we go into special session so they call you back and I think we're being called back on Thursday tomorrow um, but uh, yeah, it gets it's super busy during session. You can't plan anything. Like you can't even. Well, it was. I just had my daughter's bridal shower read on Saturday at my house. Started at four, went till midnight, um, and I was only there. I was there at four to greet people, and then I had to come back down here. Um, I was. We were doing my bill, um, and I ended up back at my place around ten p.m. So I missed oh all the presents goodness. and all that stuff, but I got to play some of the fun games. They waited. 
Yeah, well, we'd go. like to formally offer our hand in service uh, for Reed's for uh, Reed's, for Reed's wedding and yeah. say we we are pretty good at podcasting. We're average podcasters, and we'd love to uh, maybe do a little growing up with the Housley segment and record a podcast with each Housley. Oh, that would be fun, especially after they have their uh, toast cocktails. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Wilson would probably be the funniest. He can do a bunch of different accents. Um, <laughs> he's funny, but uh, no, you don't want to be there. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't want to be there. That it's going to be on a beach, and there is going to oh, yeah. be cocktails no, and really good food. No, you don't want to be no, there. We well, let's talk about that. So, I mean, we dove literally right into your profession, which is it sounds bananas. And what people are missing is the fact that you were doing this and still are doing this when you're a mom of four. I, I mean, am. how nuts is that? My mom is a saint. She's got five kids, including me. Oh my gosh! And so, like, just learning about your story, it's just. Four kids, you got a husband who's playing hockey, and just balancing this profession and everything. I'm pretty sure you're writing a book at one point. I, I mean, did. You see my book? It's over there somewhere. Well, there's the frame of it. There's mm. the um, the book cover. We might need to get a book signing. Hell yeah! yeah oh, yeah. chicks. <laughs> is it this one up here? Chicks laying nest eggs. How ten skirts beat the pants off Wall Street, and you can too. Yeah. Oh, it's like, is it like an investment book? It's an investment book. It's teaching women how to invest in the stock market through an investment club. No way, dude. Yeah, it was so fun. That's awesome. Um, Okay, but how... So first, do you have five kids? Do they all have cool names in your family like you do? Yeah. Do Um, they? So it's Declan, me, Rory, Aiden, Darby, and Keely. We're all two years apart going all the way down. They did do good names. They did. Mm. Um, They did that. That's good. Yeah, because I... That was one of my things when I had the kids is I wanted to make sure that they had names that all kind of went together mm. you know instead of doing like because the oldest one's Taylor and there was no Taylors in the world back then um, actually all four of our kids have first names that were last names of NHL players and all of them have names that if they were a girl um, they were also male names so when they were CEOs of companies nobody would know if they were male or female when they signed their oh, letters. Really? Yeah, Bro. so there's Savvy. Taylor. Mm-hmm. Taylor's 32. Reed is Reed's a girl. Um she is 29. Wilson is 27 and Avery is 21. All right, so who what hockey players are they named after? Um okay, Taylor's Dave Taylor. Uh, he was the LA Kings. Uh, Reed was Tom Reed. Yep. Um, and uh, Wilson was Doug Wilson, Chicago, number 24. And then Avery was Sean Avery. But I, I really loved the name Avery. I didn't really love Sean Avery. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and the only two I really knew were um, Doug Wilson and Tom Reed. I, I mean, wow. I knew Dave Taylor, but not like not really well. Did Phil play with each one of these or just kind of no. interact? Neither, none of them. Nope. Played with Doug Wilson on Team USA, but okay. just yep, didn't play with the other three. Dang. Awesome. Because that awesome. would have been like I would have really had a narrow pool to pick from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we would have had like a Pierre and a, <laughs> a Christian. <laughs> you can't go back. Timu. Pierre yeah. would have been exotic. Timu. Yeah. Pierre Housley. That's the coolest name in hockey. Which probably. one? Timu. Solani. Yeah, Timu Solani. Timu Solani, yeah. We played with Timu Solani in Winnipeg. We. We. Yeah. Of course. I was a goaltender. So you and Phil met in middle school, correct? Uh, yeah, we called it junior high back then. Junior high. Yeah, it was junior high. We were, it was seventh grade, and we were at um, one of the dances, and we were, like, we just started dating, and he, uh, well, we kind of broke up. 
on that same night mm. because mm. I thought he liked somebody else and he thought I liked somebody else. So I got mad and I ran out of the junior high and my dad was picking me up and uh, we had a little Volkswagen bug. And so I jumped in the Volkswagen bug and I guess Phil had just run out of the, the junior high to say, you know, wait, no, I don't like her. I like you. This is all junior high stuff and you totally remember it. Um, but that's what he got me for my um, wedding gift when we got married in 85 was this cute little Volkswagen bug convertible. So oh my full circle, full circle, Phil, mm-hmm. this guy. Yeah. So um, we so we broke up in seventh grade um, and then that's a tragic start to a relationship, might I say. I, I know, I know. And then I got the nickname Tana Day because um, oh. I think I dated everybody in my whole high school. Um, <laughs> I just, I wanted to just meet everybody. And then um, it came full circle again at the at the end. Or no, it was actually in, in October of our senior year. Um, I was back to Phil Housley. I hadn't dated him yet in high school. He was junior high. So um, started dating Phil and that was it. And that was senior year of high school, mm-hmm. and then you guys went to different universities to start. He didn't go to college. Um, went nope. straight to yep. juniors. He was uh, he signed a tender to go to the University of Minnesota, but he um, got drafted right June of of 1982. So he went out to Buffalo. Um, I went to Augsburg College, and then we had our J term in January of my freshman year. Um, I moved to Buffalo. Uh, Yep, I didn't really tell my parents that, but my mom said she kind of knew something when I had my sewing machine with me. (laughs) I love to sew. Um, And so, uh, yeah, uh, I moved and transferred. I actually had to go to community college um, in New York because I wasn't a resident uh, and I I couldn't afford out-of-state tuition because, believe it or not, my parents cut me off if I didn't go to Augsburg. Um, They weren't paying for my college. Wow. So... Um, I worked two jobs at two different restaurants, um, waitressing and paid credit to credit for my school. So I had to go to community college for the first two years. And then, um, then I was a resident and then I went to the state university of New York at Buffalo. And during this time was politics in the foresight or were you just stop it? Okay. Never, 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 ever, ever. No. Uh, so my parents were both school teachers, so we grew up pretty Democrat, but we never talked politics. Uh, one of my uncles was in the House of Representatives as a Republican. I didn't even know that till I was like 40, um, but we never talked politics, uh, not a political family. I was not, I was not even political. Jeez, uh, I don't even know how old I was when I ran the first time, 40. Let's see if I was born in 64 and I ran in 2010, so I was 46. Um, when I ran first and, um, I wasn't political until just before then, um, never ran for a school board, never ran because we moved so many times. Um, we moved 18 times before our daughter was in ninth grade. Oh, so you're so busy with all four of those kids just trying to find doctors and dentists and churches and schools that, um, I didn't even, you know, I wasn't even a resident of any of these places that I was living. So I never paid attention to local politics. Um, and it wasn't until we moved back here permanently, 2001, um, that I started my real estate business. And 2010, I was so mad on April 15th because, you know, as you're, if you're um, a small business owner, you have to write your quarterly payments out. 
uh, and I did my taxes on April 15th. Of course, not any sooner. Um, we, we did our taxes for the first time this year. Oh, man. Doesn't that stink? Yeah. What an eye-opening experience. Right? If everybody had to pay their taxes that way, instead of just automatically getting taken out of your check. Um, and so I wrote that check out um, to the government, and I had $0 left in my checking account. I was so ticked off. Um, and my neighbor was walking by, and I mentioned to him, I can't believe how much we pay in taxes here. You know, how can we fix that? I'm going to move. Uh, and he said, maybe you should run for the state senate. And I was like, what? Like, how does that solve my problem? And who is my state senator? I don't even know. Um, <laughs> and he said, it doesn't matter. You've got, and I had the radio show at the time. Um, and he said, you know, you've got a strong, strong voice. You're conservative. Um, you're a small business owner. You've got a pretty good name in the state. Um, you could actually get things done there. He was the original hype man. Who was this guy? You. It, it was it was Stanley Hubbard. Stanley Hubbard. <laughs> it no was Stanley way Hubbard. Yeah, it was at what? my mailbox. Yeah, <laughs> what? It was Stanley Hubbard. So it's all his fault, and I make sure I tell him every time I see him, this is all your fault. <laughs> no yeah. way. So, um, yeah, he's given money to St. Thomas, hasn't he? Yeah. Is the he, journalism is he school. The Hubbard radio guy or no? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hubbard Broadcasting. And then uh, Ginny. Ginny does the she, radio. She does the radio. She and she graduated from St. Thomas. So there's yeah. there's the tie. Yeah. So yeah, that's the tie. Yeah. So and then Kari runs her foundation over there, and then um, Rob runs um, Channel Five, and then um, the other Stanley Junior, he's running Reels Network on Directv. Have you ever seen it? R e e l z Reels. Mm. Um, it's a movie movie channel. Okay. Um, and he runs that out of um, New Mexico. We don't yeah. really watch TV anymore, to be honest. So part of the reason we bought the house in St. Mary's Point where we live mm. is because Stanley Howard built a um, hockey arena uh, for his son, Stanley. Um, and that was right down the street from us Whoa. where I wanted to buy. So there was that hockey arena. And I went, you know what? That'll be a great place to raise kids. They can just run down to that hockey arena. And it's, it is an amazing arena. It's the coldest arena in the whole state. But, um, yeah, so that is amazing. then we got to know the Hubbards um, at the arena. So one thing I want to touch on a little bit was traveling all that time um, for the first, what, 14 years? 21 years. 21, okay. And, I mean, I, I moved a lot as well in my younger years. Like, um, my si- I was born in California. Then we moved to Alabama um, where my sister was born. And then we moved to Oregon where my brother was born. And then finally landed in Colorado and then moved twice there. Um, but just moving all around like that is tons and tons of extra work and just even mentally too, trying to find uh, friends and just having to always kind of be the new person. How was that? Well, Taylor, our oldest one was sick every first day of school and and she really was sick. Like she had strep throat, like the stress, you know, she, um, she had, she had a, uh, I shouldn't say the hardest time, but she had to like, when you're the oldest too, you kind of had to plow the way for the younger ones. And and, Mm. uh, um, it made them stronger. Like it makes you guys stronger that you can be thrown into any situation and not be afraid. Um, Well, you're still afraid on the inside, but you've been through it so many times. Um, Yeah, they they didn't like it when we were doing it because I'd always have to yank them from all their friends and then we'd go find a new place. And yeah, new soccer teams, uh, new hockey teams. but I think now looking back, they like that they did see so much of the world because we were Buffalo eight years, then Winnipeg for three, then St. Louis for one, then Calgary for three. Then we went New Jersey, Washington, D.C., back to Calgary, Chicago, Toronto. Um, 
We never moved to Toronto, though. Phil played in Toronto, and I said, that's when Taylor was going into ninth grade, and I said, we're done. We're done. We're you retiring ahead of you. And going to Minnesota. <coughs> yep. Okay. Yep. But were you, you were in Chicago mom? for a little bit? We're no. in Chicago. Yep, down at Navy Pier is where we lived in a condo. Okay. I'm Northwest Suburbs, Mount Prospect. Ah. Born and raised. Yep. Wilson's, um, he played, uh, there was a junior hockey team in Mount Prospect that he played for. Oh, wow. For a while. I can't remember what they were called. But okay. He played there for a while. So Sweet. were you full for were you a full time mom throughout that whole travel time? Um, yeah, I was a full time mom. I well, at first in Buffalo, after I graduated with my communications degree, I mm-hmm. worked at a television news station, um, WGRZ, um, and uh, uh, worked there. And then when the second daughter came along, um, I was the news producer of the weekend news. Um, and then when the second daughter came along, it just got to be too much, and you don't make that much money Mm -hmm. um to sacrifice that amount of time so then i just gave it up and actually phil got traded to uh, winnipeg so it worked great um and surrendered to motherhood and then when he was playing for the capitals in 1990 91 92 93 we were in dc um that's when i started the investment club um with um a bunch of my friends and other hockey wives, and we learned how to invest in the stock market. And I thought this would make a great book idea yeah. um, to help other women. So wrote the book. Um, I actually didn't write the book yet, but somebody found me on one of those blogs. Um, well, they what did they used to they used to be called um, chat rooms or something. Mm. Um, and we had one of those, and an agent found me and said, "Would you write this book?" I'd never written a book before in my life. Um, so wrote the book. Went to, she was my agent, um, and we, 12 publishers wanted to buy it, so we auctioned it off, and then after I got paid, then I had to write it, um, and then I went on a 10 city book tour, so that was happening at the same time, too, um, the whole book tour and the book thing, but that was kind of my job then, and then when we settled back here in 01 is when I started the real estate business. Holy cow. It was like all over the place, yeah, but it was fun. Wheels are turning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Now it really was a lot of fun. Kids. Mm-hmm. I really want to know what the, what the kids were thinking about well, while this this whole time. It just sounds like everything's going on all the time. It's nuts. And it's awesome. Yeah. They have good stories that I don't even, I don't even know all of what they really went right. through. But when I, sometimes when I hear them, I'm like, what happened? <laughs> what neighbor did what? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So they're funny. So you're in Chicago and your husband goes to Toronto and you're like, all right, it's time to move back to Minnesota. Can you walk me through why? Because we're our tagline for the year 2019 as podcasters to, is to dominate the sandbox with the sandbox being the Twin Cities. Oh. So we're both not from here. We spent four years going to, to school here and we're staying and we are now staying here and have full time jobs. So we're trying to dominate the sandbox. So okay. we're, I'm curious to what, what brought you back to Minnesota. So I, I never really left. Um, I knew uh, growing up in South St. Paul, and my dad was a teacher at South St. Paul, um, Phil and I wanted to raise the kids here <laughs> in Minnesota, only we couldn't, like, he was playing somewhere else, so they had to go to school somewhere else. But every summer we always came back um, to Leech Lake. Um, that's about three and a half hours north of here. Um, it's the third largest lake in Minnesota. Um, and that was when he was in Winnipeg. Um, Leech Lake was halfway between the Twin Cities and Winnipeg, so we bought a place on Leech Lake, and every summer we would go back to Leech Lake. And um, one summer, I went to a party at somebody's house, and actually it was like 1990, um, 
went to a party on the St. Croix River uh, and uh, I love the St. Croix River. Like when you grew up in South St. Paul, that's where you would go um, to the beach. We'd go to, um, they called it St. Mary's Point Beach, but it was really Lake St. Croix Beach. Um, it's a public beach and that's that's where you would go. And my aunt had a boat on the St. Croix River and she taught me to water ski on the St. Croix River and Phil learned how to water ski on the St. Croix River. So this this I'm at this party uh, at 10 o'clock at night and my neighbor, that lady said to me, my next door neighbor is going to be selling their house soon. You should get it. So I was like, oh my gosh, this would be awesome. Um, and I loved the Stillwater School District. I knew I knew which school districts when we did settle here permanently, which ones I wanted to be in and Stillwater was one of them. So this house was in the Stillwater School District. So at 10 o'clock at night, after a couple of cocktails, I go knock on this person's door. And I said, are you thinking about selling your house? And the guy said, yeah, we are. <laughs> I said, can I give you a $1,000 check just to hold it till my husband can come down here? And he said, sure. And Phil came down from the lake the next day and we bought that house. What? Um, yeah. So that's, I mean, that's been, and, and we had that house until 2001 and then we tore that down and put up a new house. It was just a little cabin back then. Um, so yeah, we always, always, always wanted to be in Minnesota because through all of those travels, um, you realize what a great state Minnesota is when it comes to um, how beautiful it is, how nice the people are. And I know when you're here, and you guys might know it, um, you don't realize that people are this nice. But when you live in places like New York and, and New Jersey, um, even D.C., people are not this nice. Winnipeg people were awesome. They were nice. But, but Canada people are painfully nice. Painfully nice, We're yeah. like, a, the yeah. Minnesotans are a happy medium, I think. Oh, I don't know. Nicer? Yeah. Okay. And they're not so nice in Toronto. I shouldn't say that because what if Phil gets a job in Toronto? Now I just said that. Yeah. Rewind. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we really, we, and I love Four Seasons. I really, I hate the winter, but I love that we have it. You yeah, know, just because. Completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've got a little bit of that ADHD. So, you know, you can never really get bored because all of a sudden the next season comes. Sure. So yeah, we're lucky to have Four Seasons. It's awesome. And it, it, it gets a little long with the winters and stuff, but we fight through it. And now that the sun's out, it feels much better. Right. Um, so you, you chose to come back here to, uh, to Minneapolis, to St. Paul. Oh, that's a big deal, too. Mm-hmm. That is a huge deal. When you grow up in St. Paul, yep. um, on the St. Paul side, you it is forbidden for you to move to the other side Whoa. of the river. Yeah. Wow. And my mom was a Minneapolis girl. And she married a South St. Paul boy. And Minneapolis people, they, they could move this way. They don't care. But um, she was a, a Minneapolis girl in South St. Paul. That was like a really big deal. Like she never really fit in. Because St. Paul people, you you can't betray them and go move to the to the west side. It's a... Uh-oh. Yeah. We, we did Whoa, that. We did that. Well, we full on did that. We but, had no idea. But you didn't grow up. Sure. Oh, sure. Yeah, we're not yeah. very tied here. Yeah. Point. Yeah, yeah. So you're fine, but okay. yeah, you gotta you gotta stay on your side of the river. It's it's now you ha- now you know some little Minnesota inside yeah. scoop. A little yeah. more knowledge in our sandbox, Andrew. Yeah, Holy yeah. God. You stay. So when I was looking for school districts, sure, there's some great ones West Metro, but I had to stay in the East. <laughs> and when I was looking for school districts, I wanted a school district that had water. I wanted to make sure that we were going to be on water permanently because okay. there's so much water here. You 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 have to. Yep. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. What was your question, Andrew? Yeah, so you're you're um you're walking your way or you're moving your way through the Twin Cities, um, and you're you're starting to realize that you want or someone gave you that inclination that you might want to run 
perfect for office. Oh, yeah. Um, so Stanley Hubbard gives you that, that piece of advice and you're like, all right, maybe I should do that. Uh, walk me through kind of the next steps and what is it like in the earliest stages of politics? Well, first I called my dad um, and I went, is this crazy, dad? Like, mm-hmm. should I do this? And he goes, well, you know, that, that would be really cool, but you'll never know unless you try. And <laughs> the worst that can happen is you're going to be exactly where you are right now. Um, uh, so I just jumped. I, I was, I knew nothing about the process at all, but, but actually writing that book, cause the reason I wrote that book was I, 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 we had an investment um, manager and one day I called and asked him a question. I didn't even know what questions to ask. You know, like, where's my, where's our money? What, I didn't even know. Like what a stockbroker? Yeah. But he that was, is so funny that it's a hockey, a bunch of hockey moms got together and just yeah. started to invest in the stock market. Yes, like, we did. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. I keep saying my house is the house that Amazon built because we invested in Amazon Yo. way long time ago. Let's go. Um, but that guy said to me, and he's still a friend of ours and he's going to be at the wedding. Um, he said, I said, you know. Are we gonna, I, it was just after the fourth child was born and I was freaking out because I didn't know if we were going to be able to afford to send all four kids to school. Um, and so I called him to ask, are we going to and what's our money doing? Um, he said, car, car. That's what he called me. <laughs> car, car, you just worry about uh, uh, changing those diapers and putting a good meal on the table for your husband. And I was like, did you just say that to me? So that's where I dug in and I went, I've got to learn everything I can learn because he could be ripping me off and I had no idea and I wouldn't yeah. even know what to ask or what to look for. This man called me car, 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 right? car, saying it's all good. No, car, car, I, he I still calls know. me car, car. Um, but anyway, um, so I thought, okay, I learned all of that and was able to teach other women about that. I know I can learn how this political thing works. Uh, scary as all get out, but, um, went to, they, Stanley Hubbard told me there's these things called BPOUs here a basic political organizational unit. Mm. That's mm-hmm. what they do. They like Quite the abbreviation. Yeah, BPOUs. Oh. So found my BPOU chair, and they were just ecstatic that they found somebody to run for this seat because a Republican had never won in this district ever, but they didn't tell me that part. <laughs> oh, I have a question about that. Yeah? So what if you have, like, Republican beliefs and Democrat beliefs like you're just kind of in this weird yeah. gray area I don't know if there's a lot of people like that I'm sure there are how do you like choose which one you want to be um well I always tell the kids too they should just be independent mm. you know and um get to know the candidate like I really appreciate when people call me up and say here's my question how do you feel on this um and and listen to how a candidate stands on the issues because they may say they're democrat but they really are fiscally responsible and and that's the reason i ran is i i think we should be very wise with our tax dollars and we shouldn't be taxing everybody in minnesota and then um uh paying for programs that i don't believe in mm-hmm. um that's that's really where the reason i ran and where i i've uh, identified with republicans um democrats s- like to spend and ta- tax and spend more mm-hmm. And I'm more of like, let's save and be frugal. Gotcha. Um, uh, on the social issues, I don't even really like to talk about them. I would like government just to stay out of my house, you know? <laughs> uh, I So um, there's those. And that's what, interestingly enough that you asked that, because it was probably 19, I don't know when we were in Calgary, 87 maybe. Um, 
that no, we were in Buffalo then, so it had to be like 97, 97. We won't uh, quote you on it, but I don't know when I was in Calgary. Um, <laughs> nobody was born in Calgary. I only know when they were born. Um, so we, Phil and I were Democrats. Like we were told when we, when you grow up in South St. Paul, you're pretty much told you're a Democrat because it was a big union town. We had the stock, uh, the stockyards there. Um, and, uh, I did one of those quizzes online, you know, where you stand on issues and thing when it came to, um, you know, life and guns and money and, and, uh, government. Uh, so I took this quiz and I was, uh, the answer came up and it said I was Republican. And I said, Oh my gosh, Phil, you got to come in here. You're never going to believe this, but we are Republican. <laughs> I had no idea until I took that little quiz online. I had always voted Democrat. Um, and so from that point on, that was the switch. That the, was the, the quiz switch. online. The quiz online. Oh, I was like, what? I didn't know that that pro life was a Republican uh, deal, sure. and I didn't know that um, um, Second Amendment rights was a Republican deal. I didn't know that. That's like my half of my, well, probably the majority of my issues. I just like don't know, don't know where these things fall. side. And I, yep. when people ask me about them, I just kind of evaluate them. Yeah. Morally, I don't know. And I feel like sometimes it's left, sometimes it's right. And yeah. so I like your idea or your approach where yeah. it's like, look at the person, evaluate the person for who they are. And then their stances on that. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that should be the second thing you look at. Right. So and crazy. you can go to like, uh, especially locally where you live, you can find out who's running for House and Senate and go to like one of their meet and greets. Yeah. And you can ask them questions like whatever issue is important to you. Like, is it uh paying off college debt like is that what is their plan or how do they feel about that or mm -hmm. is it more um um yeah taxes you yeah. know or uh, minimum wage or whatever it is what what is important to you and see how they align with you right and will they fight for what you believe in so one thing i um i was listening to another podcast you're on and it was you're talking about how you're always you're very frustrated with how slow things go in government mm -hmm. um but to that i will also just congratulate you on your bill that you just passed which is freaking awesome because it's hard to do that kind of stuff in politics so congratulations Thank for that you. but how have you attacked going from you know a million miles an hour with your kids then Ooh, controlling everything with um your own business business and then all of a sudden yeah oh now i'm kind of not a slave but just uh i'm adhering to something yeah. that's much bigger than me um that was really hard and it's still really hard because when you know when you're running your own business um, you make all the calls and, and you call the shots and you, you get it done. Like you've got your checklist and you boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Um, let's get this stuff done. And then you get here and you're sitting on the Senate floor with 66 other senators and it's like, why can't we get this done? Um, it is very frustrating. So you you learn the process and it is a process and, and, and it's by design. So you can't just change laws overnight. Uh, um, just to appease one small group like you have to put a lot of thought into it and it has to go through a lot of different committees where a lot of people vet it um and i i do like the process it still just drives me crazy that it takes so long but um just like the elder care bill that i did get which is protecting our seniors in nursing homes and assisted living that did take two and a half years yeah. uh but what it did was we got all of the stakeholders, um, so so stakeholders by that I mean all of the, the family members of people who were harmed in a nursing home that had an incident happen and what they wanted to see change. They, they came with 
a whole sl- a whole slew of things that they really wanted to get done. We couldn't do that overnight because there are the facilities that the nursing homes that these people live in that um, some of the things they wanted these nursing homes could go out of business if they changed it that drastically. And that's the last thing you want is no no home for mom to go to. Mm-hmm. So to to really get it done quicker was all these people we got them around a table. Um, and had them hash this out themselves, and they finally came to an agreement. So if you've got all the stakeholders coming to an agreement, your bill will go through quicker. And two and a half years, believe it or not, is kind of quick for a bill to to get done. Um, It'll get done quicker, but it was all hands on deck because this was urgent to make sure we protect our seniors. So, And they knew it too because last Mm -hmm. year they didn't get anything done um, because it all blew up. But... uh, it is. It's a slow, slow process um, by design, and I do get frustrated. But I have to. You got to stick to it. You know, right. you spend so much time on it. You got to. You got to follow it through to the end. Mm-hmm. So it That's was amazing. huge that the governor signed it, and it's it's now going to go into law. So it's good. Congrats. We Thank are you. we are very process oriented people. Uh, just by design of how we experience football, I think that was yep. one of the things that stood out to us and we're like all right we got to really trust the process when we're going through things instead of focus on the end result and i think that's i mean kind of what you're yep. speaking to right there which is really cool yeah um, you got to trust the process yeah i love it and love the process too yes. love the process in return will love you Ooh, something to think about we have a we took philosophy classes at st thomas yeah this is oh a, my god you're looking at a couple guys who uh took a few few theology oh classes my gosh, just a so- few I just gotta have the process love me now. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. Got well, it. I was gonna ask you, what's your what's your favorite part about being a politician? Um, helping people. Mm. Um, your people person. That's that's like you get a real. Uh, yeah, I am not a. Oh my gosh, to look at a, a thousand page bill, I almost want to throw up because that's Jake's job, right? That's Jake's job. Yeah. No, Jake doesn't really like thousand page bills either. There are people that absolutely love policy and love writing the language i'm like big picture how can i help you and let's get this done Mm -hmm. um and so we've got really smart attorneys that that write all the language for us right i would say here's what i need you know Mm -hmm. i need this fixed um but when you can go back into your district and see something really good that you had done I'll, i'll try and make this a short story but there was this woman her name was elaine should i tell this story jake because it just makes me so happy. Um, her name is Elaine Eipel. She was 95 years old, and she owned this beautiful piece of property on the St. Croix River, um, uh, five acres right on the St. Croix River. And um, she wanted it to, when she passed to become a park, but she also wanted the money. She wanted uh, what her property was valued at. Uh, she wanted $6 million for it. Um, and But the county and the city wouldn't give her the money. They said, no, that's way overpriced. We're not going to do that. Um she called me to be her realtor. She was actually my friend. Um, and I walked her property and I, I was so sad because I was going to, I could sell it for $6 million to a condominium developer and then that piece of property would no longer be a park for everybody to enjoy. Um, so I said, let me see if I can do something, Elaine. So I came back uh, here to the Capitol and I really, really pushed to get some state funding and I ended up getting $2 million from the state. Um, and then I got two million from the county and one million from the city. Uh, I got pulled all these stakeholders together, and then went. And I wasn't getting paid for this. I always have to make that clear because somebody Pro said, bono. "Yeah, I did it because I it's it's so beautiful." Um, went back to Elaine and I said, "All right, you can have a deal at five million dollars. It's not six, but." And she took it. 
She took nice. it and she died. Actually, I shouldn't tell you this story, but she ended up dying on the same day as my dad and her funeral was on the same day as my dad's. Um, and I always wondered if I should run again. And my dad said, um, you know what, just pray on it, Karen. God will tell you. And then all of a sudden I see the obituaries in the St. Paul Press right next to each other. Um, Elaine Eipel and my dad. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's God telling me I need to run again. Very funny. So you are. Are you running again? Oh, that was yet? the last time. Around. That was, that was for time. 2016. Gotcha. Okay. So you, you ran once. You never that. Yeah, I ran once. Um, yes, I ran once in 2012. One. I wasn't sure I wanted to run again in 2016 because mm. of the kids being all over the place. Phil was living in. Um, um, Nashville at the time and so I was like and my mom was very sick with Alzheimer's so I was kind of oh. being run ragged and uh, my dad was actually on his deathbed when we had this long talk and I said I don't know if I should run again and he said just pray on it um, God God will tell you and so after he died I was like shut up um, yeah. so that land now Elaine has passed um, that land is now a park for everybody in Minnesota to enjoy so every time I drive by it um, I go there's my park you know, and it was just something very, very simple. Yeah. Um, but, and it, it's things like that. There's this guy who has a, um, a tuk-tuk, which is like a three-wheel golf cart. Um, and he brings people to their cars um, in downtown Stillwater from, like, if they've drank too much, or he'll drive them home in Stillwater on his no tuk-tuk. Way. Or he brings people from a parking ramp to a restaurant. Um but he got a citation because the law said there could be no three-wheel electric vehicles on the roads. So I changed it. I changed it. Nice. To, yeah. There, you can have four-wheel uh, electric golf carts on, on a road, but you can't have a three-wheel. So added three-wheel, and so now he gets to continue operating his business. So every time I see Jim Cashman and his little tuk-tuk, I go, you have a business because of me. Um, so <laughs> it's, awesome. it's stuff like that that you get like a real high from that. And yeah. so this elder care bill um, – it's like you just know you've helped so many seniors, uh, and I'll be one of them someday, but to really get that done, you've helped so many people. Mm -hmm. That's the best part of the job. And just to unpack the bill just a little bit, um, so what was kind of the problem initially, and then what did you do to kind of mitigate that problem? Um, the problem initially was... Um, and it may still be a problem, I don't know. Um, it was a big problem. It was like kind of twofold. Um, one, so there were... There were reports of abuse and maltreatment and neglect of our seniors living in assisted living in nursing homes. When those reports were filed, they went to this agency at the Department of Health called the Office of Health Facility Complaints. And when government gets so, so big, um, the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. So all these reports would come in and they would sit on people's desks and nobody would investigate them. There were more than 20,000 of these reports uh, to the point that that these workers at the Office of Health Facility, com facility Complaints got so overwhelmed that they threw the, the just threw them in the garbage. They just took these folders and threw them into the garbage. They were never investigated, so these bad people were allowed to get away with this. Uh, and so this group of family members got together and said, "This has to end. What's going on?" So I started this committee. Aging, aging and Long-Term Care Committee and went, you know, we're going to address this. Uh, went and visited the Office of Health Facility Complaints. We cracked down hard on them. Um, a lot of people got fired, um, which they should. Right. Um, and um, we, oh, are you going to show my big elder care bill? Did you read it all? 
That That's is awesome. That is yes, a lot of work. That's it. hefty. I read it all. Like, you going to frame it? No, I'm not going <laughs> to frame it. I should get one of those shadow boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, but we took care of that and, and we kind of cleaned all of that up. And now it was getting to the next level of how do we prevent these right. things from happening? Um, and so uh, we got, we were the last state in the country to have a licensing framework um, in place for assisted living. Nursing homes are licensed. You have to be licensed. But assisted livings, you didn't have to be licensed. So there were some bad operators out there. So now they have the framework around, we've got the language that's like, that's about 60 pages of not, maybe more than that. Um, The framework around the licensing. So you can catch the bad actors and they get inspections now um once every two years they have to be inspected and there are fines if they don't if they don't comply um and and for there's a lot of consumer protections in there for the seniors in they can have now finally put cameras in their in their room i did put a camera in my mom's room because i thought somebody was stealing my dad's pain pills um turns out somebody was stealing my dad's pain pills um so we caught that person um but some facilities wouldn't let you put cameras in there and they would rip them down. Um, so now it is legal for you to put a camera in your in your loved one's room and they can't rip it down. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, right there will stop a lot of bad things from happening, um, you know, because... You're on camera. You're on camera. Right. And which and people should assume you're on camera everywhere anyway, yeah. you know? You're on uh, three cameras right That's now. That's right, I'm on three cameras. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, we got the GoPro too. Yeah, um, yeah so people should just, you know... Uh, so anyway, um, and then other things like when my mom's care as her Alzheimer progressed and the people at the, the assisted living couldn't care for her anymore because they, my mom would start to wander. She would just leave her place and start wandering and that's a, the next level of care and they didn't have the staffing to do that or the training to do that. Um, they could just terminate your rental agreement and you were out on the street um, so a protection that we put in there is you can't do that anymore. Mm. You've got to give them 60 day notice before you, you know, throw them to the streets okay. because it's hard to find another place. Um, and so that's what we had to do with my mom too. So there's those kind of, um, that kind of language in there to, to protect them. It's incredible. Congratulations. Thank yeah. you. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And I can like, my grandparents are getting to the ages where assisted living is probably in coming in the coming years. And hearing these type of things, and I'm curious if that's what's happening in my states uh, or where they're living. Um, yeah. Now I'm like, I got to get you there. I, I got yeah, yeah, to get you to send down to Atlanta. How's Atlanta doing with <laughs> Oh, my gosh. My lives? sister lives in Atlanta. Okay. In Marietta. Mm. Love that. Um, yeah, it's, it, was, it was here for all the cameras, yes. all the candid cameras. Wow. Wow. It's incredible. This it's is, thick. Yo, know, that it's is many thick. pages. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. More so. words than Game of Thrones, allegedly. Allegedly, dude. So, yeah, I don't know if we want to go there, Andrew. That's eight seasons, buddy. I gotta see. I thought it was 150, but somebody said 160. Oh, it just says 12 R. I think there's some I don't know. Let's see how. Let's see how long it is. Cause well, it doesn't matter about the length, right? It's all well, about. It does. The, it's all about the content, the depth, the meaning behind those words. Yeah, philosophy again. Again, yeah. We're, we're there's a big difference. If I mean, an and or an or makes a big difference. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. She, I guess she would know more than we would, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we're not uh, English majors. No, we're not. No. no. Yeah. That's not our thing. It's yeah. not our thing. No, actually, it's <laughs> like you got to be an attorney to read those yeah. things. Yeah, no kidding. Ugh. Well, uh, trap in the puck. Absolutely. And transition into our back pocket core questions. We trap the puck to kind of hone in our thoughts, like, yeah. the, like a goaltender. Oh, we should explain this to her. Yeah. yeah. So 
um, we got into meditation when, in football that they, we would do meditation before games. And uh, a lot of what uh, meditation is, is like focusing on like your breath, staying present, not letting your mind wander to other thoughts or um, just it's things hard, going on. It's hard, isn't it? And it's, or, it's impossible. I do it every morning, so, but it's hard to. Mm-hmm. One of the things we do to um, practice, you know, mindful meditation is to trap the puck. So imagine you're a goalie in hockey and the puck is traveling all around and you're trying to trap it just to get to that next face off. Those are your thoughts. Trap the puck and center your thoughts. Trap the puck, center the conversation. And move on to and the And you back. guys always do your little... And we always little trap the puck. The puck. Yeah. Okay. And then we transition to our back pocket core questions. Okay. And the first one is, what's your average quality? And this is something you do well at times and other times not so well. At the end of the day, it's your average quality. So, Karin, what is your average quality? Wait. What I do so well... Say it again. So, sometimes uh, it's uh, it can be taken in twofold. Some people like to just parallel parking. Sometimes they can nail it. Sometimes they're awful at it and take some time tries and yeah. they just give up. Other oh, people okay. take something it something like, that you do that's like consistent. You do it consistently a lot of the times, but you struggle with it. Oh, my gosh. You should ask other people around me, right? Everybody's um, average. We, we got that flipped on us. Our, our head coach, we asked him what's his average quality. He goes, how about Andrew? What's What do you think my average quality is? And he had us to detail what we think his, his average, average quality is. Yeah. yeah, you know... Um, I would say, oh, Jake, you got to help me out with this one. What's my, ad, um, I would say, oh, it's not being on time because I'm never on time. So that was just, that wouldn't Ooh, even average. Below average. So punctuality. Yeah, that's that's below, below average. average. Yeah. Um, waking, my, up. waking up. You do it good sometimes, but other times you yell at me if you schedule Well, yeah, it's not 6.30 in the morning interview on the radio. That's no fun. Um, yeah, that's, but that's boring waking up. That's, that's boring. I, you know what? Going to bed. Oh. Going to bed mm. is, I, I want to be in bed at 10 and sometimes I can be so disciplined and then I throw it all out of whack and I'll stay up till two, three in the morning. Mm, really? Yeah. That's, uh, I like when I'm consistent and I, I can do that. And then other times. Mm, How many hours do you get a night typically? I strive for seven. Seven? Okay. An eight, I feel great. I can't go over eight. You can't? No. Then and if I get seven. under seven, I'm a little crabby. Mm. Yeah. I like seven. We had a sleep expert come in and speak to the football team. Yes. About performance when you get eight hours. And you're at your highest performance when you eight can get eight hours. hours. Yep. Yep. Phil always talks about how that's the most important thing, especially when your little kids are growing. Yeah. Sleep is so important. That's Jake. Mm-hmm. It's insane. I, yeah. yeah, I wish I got more sleep. I think I'm I'm at around that like five six hours. You are. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, he looks a little, fr- a little frail. I don't look good. I gotta be better. <laughs> yeah. I just look. You don't look frail. You look fine. I know. I'm, I'm pretty feeble. I don't know. <laughs> I did. I did find out though. So we uh, we played this segment on our podcast last week. Uh, breastfed or formula fed? I got strong bones. I was breastfed. Oh, yeah. 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 It's a I big was, deal. Yeah. So what did they, is that what they say? You get strong bones when you're breastfed? Oh, uh, no. They say breast is best. I've breastfed all of my kids. <laughs> that's just what they, they, that's what they say. I don't know. That's all that's I know. That's what they say. Yeah. Is that true? We, I don't know. You're a mom. That's what our moms told our us. Our moms told us breast was yeah. best. Yeah. Look how we turned well, out. Well, that's yeah. what, I mean, I was a strong believer in that. Okay. Um, just because of all the antibodies and the, um, there's good stuff in breast milk. Mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> There's the bonding with the baby thing too, and it's so much easier 
than making formula bottles and having mm. to wash them. And like when you're feeding in the middle of the night to get up and warm up a bottle when everything's just naturally there yeah. and it's much cheaper, like it's free. Mm. Um, a and great you can, point. yeah. And, and, and I was traveling a lot. So, so on airplanes, like it was just the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> you can always like sneak away when, like after Thanksgiving dinner and you go, Oh, I would love to clean up, but the baby is hungry right now. <laughs> there you go. And then it, did, did you ever have like, um, just the babies just throw up on you all the time? Um, no. Sorry, bad question. Just... No, they were, they were, um, <laughs> they were, they, they didn't, they, they had, they had none of that. Good reflex. Yeah. 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 Get, you had strong they, stomachs. Had, they had strong stomachs. He's, That's awesome. He's saying that cause I was the weak stomach kid. <laughs> My mom told me, you know, Andrew, we had to stop breastfeeding you after a few months. You had a weak stomach. Yeah. You had a weak stomach. Yeah. 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 His That's mom called him out on the podcast. It was hilarious. Yeah. Really? You had a weak stomach. Still do. Still do to this yeah. day. Oh, you do? So my nephew, or my nephew, my grandson's like that. Okay. Yeah. And uh, she had to stop sensitive. breastfeeding too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, he's got the, um, he's not lactose intolerant. He is uh, gluten-free. Gluten-free. Yeah. He's, okay. he's, so yeah, he had all of those okay. kind of issues. Well, trapping the puck from, sorry, my crazy, you know, I'm, I'm feeble, but what's in mm-hmm. my back pocket is... uh currently right now is just kind of I'm, I, my ability to lock in on tasks. And what I mean by that is, is what's in your back pocket is something where when pressure becomes stress and anxiety is rising, um, times are getting tough. What do you, what kind of mental attribute or something that you hold in your back pocket that you use to come out on top? Hmm. I use, um, um, I need, time alone mm. like I and it's usually late at night you know no phones no computers um, I used to just lock myself in the bathroom um, and just like focus to to and if I can get and Jake knows this too uh, I just will say don't talk to me you know like I need complete silence um, and I love that space mm-hmm. and I can ground myself calm down and because I, I work it all through in my head, but I have to have complete quiet and yeah, no. And I have like, I seriously have ADD, um, but I you know, I like my ADD because it's fun, um, <laughs> but I have to have where there's no distractions. Yeah. Yeah. The, the laser focus comes yep. when you have the ability to focus in on that one thing and, yep. and have to have the silence where the other distractions yep. aren't around. I feel that same way all the time. And I, it's hard when you're working online and stuff and you just yep. click that tab and, oh, what am I? Check this and check yep. that. And you get a text here mm-hmm. and yeah. And then... I got to interject here because this is pretty impressive. What? But she did that to me, you know, that on task thing. The president of the United States is in Duluth and she's giving a speech before his rally. Whoa. And I'm like trying to prepare for the speech, going through all the stuff. You know, we're in the arena. It's like 10 <laughs> minutes before they speak. And she just looks at me and she goes, Jake, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I did. No, yep. No and I just, you just, you just have to tell people because you got to get. And I killed it. Mm. Um, I killed it. Um, she crushed. She, but she crushed. it's, and, and Phil is like that. Um, but and it's interesting. He's been that way his whole career. He gets in the zone though the whole day before the game or of the game. Mm-hmm. Like he is laser focused. And and I've learned you just don't talk to him. Like you let him be there. Um, and you can't even ask him a question. Like 
um, do you think the 4th of July we should have a party? Like, would that be a good idea? You can't ask him. Or, or, or you know, your mom's birthday's coming up. What do you think you should? You can't ask him anything. Um, so, but that's, but I have to tell you, I only get into that zone if there's a deadline. Mm. I have to have a deadline. Okay. And then, or, or that thing has to be upcoming, like in the, and I used to write a newspaper column. I usually did th- those in the middle of the night because they were due at 6 a.m. Yeah. Um, and so then I could get my quiet time. I could get in the zone. That's why I said I locked myself in the bathroom. I locked myself in the bathroom to write that book. Gotcha. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. That's then, awesome. Then yeah. the stakes are high. The, you yep. start to challenge yourself a little bit yep. more. And you've done an incredible job of challenging yourself throughout your life, whether it's been going to New York and having to do two years of community college to get Taking the leap. Tui- yeah. Yeah. Taking the leap, get in-state tuition. Um, while working uh, as a waitress and then writing your book and being a traveling mom, you're challenging yourself all the time. And here on the Back Pocket Podcast, we love challenging ourselves. So, Karen, is there a, a person out there that you think we should challenge ourselves to reach and get on the podcast? Oh, let's see. Who should you? Uh, you should probably get Governor Walls, don't you think? Governor that Walls. Governor, Governor Walls. Walls. Okay. okay. That's well, a great challenge. It, well, we don't know who he is. Who is he? Is that our governor? Is that our governor? governor? That's good. I like that you said that. That's our governor. I'm painfully honest sometimes. I think you should get our um, governor. Um, I think you should get... So you want to really be challenged? Okay. I think you should get like... mm, I keep going down political roads. I think I should take you a different route. I know who you should get. Um... Ron Stordahl. Okay. Okay. Ron Stordahl is the CEO and owner of DigiKey in Thief River. Mm. And that is an interesting story and an interesting man and a super interesting company. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he's a, obviously he's a local person? Nope. Oh, dang. But he comes down here. Okay. Right. So we can catch you him on the Let us know. Way up north. Thief River is mean, way up north, but, but it's in it's in Minnesota. I think that can qualify as a sandbox. Yeah, that qualifies as a sandbox. We'll make that. He's got the. Happen. You guys Google him when you get home. Ron okay. Stordahl. Will okay. do. He's super interesting. Otherwise, you could do Stanley Hubbard or Ooh, any. Stanley Hubbard would be sweet. I'm down. He that would be a that would be a good one. What about you guys uh, are St. Thomas kids? What do you think about Phil Housley? He's a pretty cool guy. Phil Housley. I've heard of him. He's a pretty cool guy. Yeah, you yeah. think you think he'd be good for podcasting? He would do it. He would do it. Okay. He would do it, but that's not really a challenge because it was just that easy. Yeah, we right. Like yeah, yeah so I didn't bring him good up. Point. I was like, that's I like the it. challenges. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, we got a game before we finish up. I know you have to go soon, but we got a game. Um, you know, we have been pretty easy with you so far. Um, we <laughs> have, you know, asked these really, you know, I would say they're softball questions. We're playing beer league softball on a Thursday night. We're gonna get tough here. This is this is a uh, back pocket hardball question. So here you go, Sam. You want to toss me that phone? Mm-hmm. We got a couple hardball questions. You know, this is, I don't know. I'm getting, are you ready for this? Oh, I'm so ready. Okay. Okay. Do, you get, do you get hardball questions a lot? Like, do you, do people ask you a lot of hard <laughs> questions when they come in here every 15 minutes? Yeah, like the denuclearization of North Korea. Oh, yeah. Or artificial hard questions. These are, that's, where, that's where we're coming. Yeah, so let me yeah. hit you with the first one. Yeah. Um, favorite food at the State Fair? Corn on the cob. Ooh, I love. I, I'm not right. a sweet person, but I love butter and salt. Okay, and they do the it, corn doesn't even really have to be there. They do exactly that at the state fair. Yeah, a lot of butter and a love lot it. of salt. Love it, mm-hmm. love it. Yum. My favorite. Yeah, one. Yes, favorite hockey player outside of your husband Phil. 
That wasn't great for podcasting, but we'll I go, know. We'll go. <laughs> I know. Um, I I don't know. I don't I don't really have one. Okay, um, I'd say Timu maybe. Timu Solani and Jerome McGinley are two of the Ooh, nicest people. Yeah. Ever. He's yeah. a big Jerome and a good one. Yeah, I'd anything. say Timo yeah. Solani and Jerome McGinley. Okay. okay. The guy you met up north, uh, young guy, won, won the Stanley Cup or something. Um, you met him up north in Warroad. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was TJ um, Oshi, oh, yeah. TJ Oshi. He's Ameri- not my favorite. He's just a kid. He's, he's just amazing. Just he's a just kid. a kid. Yeah. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, he's just a kid. He's also an American a, hero. Yeah, he's an American hero. He's Well, he's a good guy. There's so many American, like, there's so many great ones, but I, I like the nice ones. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Lesser of two evils: Wisconsin or Iowa? Ooh, ooh. Um, I I pick Wisconsin. Okay. Okay. Because Cheese, that's where I grocery cream. shop. Okay. Oh, you grow. Wow. Okay. You can put that on the map as a senator saying you don't shop in in the state. I very I, controversial. I, I know. I know. <laughs> but my grocery store. I'm closer to Wisconsin than okay. I am to. Here's another quick one. Oh, wait, my turn. Oh, your yeah. turn. All right. Sorry, oh. I yeah. jumped in. You jumped in. Uh, what's your favorite color? Oof, pink. Pink. Whoa. Shocker. Shocker. Yeah, ever what? since I was little, pink. Okay. I had a What about hot purple? Pink, but look, I've got pink. Okay. Um, oh, well, the color purple, I do want... You read that, huh? <laughs> I do want purple to be the state color because I love Prince. If you're going to ask me who my favorite artist is, it's Prince. Okay. Um, I had the bill to have our official state color be purple. Um, I got to ask you about that. How ridiculous was it when you went go for that and then people are like, I can't believe you'd want to focus on that. <laughs> like I thought I was dying laughing. Well, and it's like that, you know, don't you have more serious issues to contend to? No, well, I don't. Yeah, Purple's a it's good It's like, color. believe it or not, that didn't take a lot of thought. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I it's, did. I'd snap I, your fingers like, how about we embrace this whole state and bring them to bring us together right. with purple? Like how? One piece of paper. Yeah. Right. Purple. Yeah. Would be, that's what it was. It was one piece of paper. That was that bill. Purple. And then people say, well, no, it should be blue, you know, because of the water. And I went, we're already the land of 10,000 lakes, so okay, they're covered. And they're you, covered. you understand, like, water's not actually blue. Oh, I know. It's the reflection from the sky. I know. I'm not going to go. I, we don't have to go there on this Wait, podcast. Wait, what class did you learn that in? I don't know. Yeah. Right, I got one more for you. So do you like Ludovisk or Lefsey? Well, you're saying it wrong. And I am saying it wrong because I'm not from here. It's Lefsa. Lefsa. Yeah, it's oh, Lefsa. It. And okay. you know what's in that, right? You just put, um, you, it's like potatoes that you roll out, yeah. and, you know, you mash them up and then you roll them out and then you fry them and then you put butter on it and sugar and then you roll it back up. Mm-hmm. And it is so good. And no holiday is complete without Lefsa. And I love okay. it. And I hate Ludafisk. Okay. Wow. We have a little Norwegian caucus here in the... Um, Minnesota Senate. We've got uh-huh. Senator Senjim, Senator Rood, Senator Johnson, Senator Me. Um, I can't remember who else. Not Jasinski, though. That's for sure. Jasinski. Okay. <laughs> Johnson. I say Johnson. Mm-hmm. You did. I think you yeah. did. Uh, but that I, was our game. You crushed it. A lot of hardball questions there. Those were tough. You knocked yeah. them out of the park. So do you think uh, it's possible for us to denuclearize North Korea? Uh, I can answer that. I don't, I don't know. Probably not. Probably I, not. I just think they're kind of a... Kind of a runaway horse. They're, the, what, their whole thing is they, they just, I think, uh, you know what? Yeah, I don't know. They're just a different culture out there, man. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's trap the puck there, right? Not, not in front of these podcasters, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we'll finish Final up. question? Yeah, uh, two you questions. Got, two, Final questions. two questions. Absolutely. Okay. The first one being, uh, we've hounded you with questions now here for about an hour. Do you have any questions for us? Um. Yeah, I, I already got answered that you have five kids in your family. How many were in your family? I'm a middle child, older brother, younger brother. Ah, <gasps> I'm a middle child, older sister, younger sister. Mm. 
Wow. Wow. Um, okay, that and Sam, what about you? No one can ever nice. see Sam. Oh, so you're from four. Four, yeah. Three, four, five we've got going on Look here. Look at us go. Mm-hmm. That's good. Healthy families. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. And Jake, you're from four. Nice. There you go. Mm-hmm. God. Well, big got, families. I know. That's just odd that we all had big families. Um, and when's this going to be on? When's this going to be up? Today is Wednesday. So 10 days from today. Yeah. 10 so days. Not this upcoming Monday, but the following Monday. Yep. So okay. June 5th. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, June 3rd. June 3rd. June 3rd. Awesome. All right. Yeah. And last question. Um, where did you get your shirts made? Uh, my cousin, my godmother, made these for my for us uh, this past Christmas. Yep. She, I think, oh, sent it into Under Armour and had them stitch the... Uh, she sent it into Under Armour? Yeah, got yeah. a two-for-one deal on Black we, Friday. Yeah. We, so, Andrew's, like, has a million people in his family, like, extended Italian, family. Italian family, Italian 24 family. cousins. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. So, during, like, Black Friday, I was getting Instagram DMs from, like, every one of his cousins, like, hey what do I get Andrew for Christmas? Like, I want to do some back pocket stuff. So I was just like, uh, get this one, get this, get this. this. So we got like tons of custom back pocket gear. And these were a couple of them from the Insera cousins, from the Insera cousins. Yeah. Pretty neat. So you just got to, you just got to ride along with that. Right. Right. And you know, I I was like, I'll chip in, you know, whatever. And they're like, Oh, you're covered. Don't worry about it. Oh, geez. Mm -hmm. That's what I have to get Phil for, um, father's day coming up. I have to get him, you know, those, um, they can, uh, personalized golf balls. Yes. Oh. So I did it for him a couple of years ago. Now all those golf balls got lost. So I got to get him some, get new, him some new ones. Yeah. Uh, personalized golf balls. That's a great go. idea. That's a great and idea. And where is, oh, you live in Uptown, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Those would usually be my questions that I would ask. What should I ask you? Those are great questions. Yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah. know if you. There's really no requirement there. We just love to give our guests an opportunity yeah. to. Uh, I have one more question. Okay. Who is somebody that you guys really want to have on your podcast? Ooh. That you think is so out of reach that you haven't done it yet. Ooh, uh, I w- no one's out of reach. First okay, off, good. Second off, uh, Cheryl Strait. Do you know who that is? Nope. Um, she's uh, so she went to St. Thomas. Her mom died, and she's a senior. She was married, and then actually, or was going to get married, and then her boyfriend broke up with her, and she was just like in this horrible situation, and she moved down at, to California and hiked the Pacific Crest Trail, <gasps> and wrote a book on it, and the book's called Wild. And the book got made into a movie with Reese Witherspoon. With Witherspoon. Yes. And she went to St. Thomas. And she went to St. Thomas? Yeah. And she's like a um, Forbes keynote national speaker, like does all this great stuff. And I want to just talk to her for a long time. Well, are you like DMing her? on? Um, um, we hit her up. We, she said in August. In August. She D- so come August 1, uh, <gasps> get ready for Back Pocket Boys. DMs. Yeah. are coming in. We're hot. coming in. Hot. Yes. Nice. And who's somebody you want to interview? We got two heads are better than one. Oh. Going all in on that. All in on Cheryl. Yes. Yeah. Come on, Andrew. Where do you? What? No, Can't that... you just say like maybe you want to interview Reese Witherspoon or something? Or I can or... I, I can go on on record and say I'd love to have Reese Witherspoon on. The we show. we actually got challenged. Uh, oh God, who's the senator around here? Al Franken. Someone challenged us to get Al Franken on. That I don't know. Would be good. How nuts would that be? Yeah. That would be awesome. It'd be kind of crazy. Yeah. I'm not saying the interview would be awesome. I'm saying it would be awesome if you got him. If we got him. Yeah. (laughs) I would say uh, one other person too would, I mean, a lot of people want to talk to this guy, but uh, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's been, do you know who Joe Rogan is? Mm -mm. So Joe Rogan is a comic. He is a 
um you he used to fight in the ufc but he's like the head of ufc and um he's a ufc commentator commentator comedian. he's and then he runs like the biggest podcast right now yes. out there called the joe rogan experience oh i'm gonna have to listen to yeah. that one he's a wild guy he's a wild guy but, but he's kind of like the godfather to us in to the us. podcast world and he's just a huge influence on my life absolutely does a lot of awesome stuff so. um but finishing with this final question car okay what did you learn today from the moment that you woke up to when we're having this conversation to before we started the conversation or after we finished the conversation well i now know who joe rogan is mm, that's uh, true. yeah i learned that um um, I learned that, um, Pier one is having a sale. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, what else did I learn today? I learned that the governor signed my bill. Oh yeah. Yo. I didn't think that was going to happen for a while. So that was good. Congrats. Um, yeah. Every day I'm learning something. That's fun. That's awesome. Every day you're listening too. So every day I'm listening. It's amazing. Love what you're doing and we just appreciate it your time with us in your office. We promise we'll put it back together. But thank, thank you. you for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you.